Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 31 of Jordan and Judah, the sports crew. We are recording live in the Skyberg residence. This is the first time ever we are doing a normal episode of the podcast live. The last time we did, we were way over there and it wasn't as comfortable, but this is going to be amazing. Just got home from the Brewer game, the Brewers 2-1 win on Friday night. So yes, we're recording Friday night after the Friday night lights. We don't have as much to talk about as normal. We won't have trivia. However, guys, we have spoiled you with content lately. Drew, we had on Wednesday. We had Spencer strike on and he just did a phenomenal job. It was a great interview. And then Friday we had on Brett Damro, head coach of the Howard's Girl volleyball team. And that was just, that was a great interview. And we got a lot of support from both those episodes. We've had a lot of people share it, which was great to see. And yeah, I'm looking forward. We got a lot more things coming, coming your way next week. And a few weeks after I got a schedule, we're booked through late October, even into November. So things are looking good for the sports crew right now. We potentially might have two more bonus episodes this week, like a fantasy and an NBA preview. I'm not too sure. So don't hang your hat on that one. But I mean, hey, we are doing so many things in honor of our 30th episode. We did back-to-back weeks of three episodes per week. Andrew Curlin from NASCAR, he was on the podcast. We did episode one of the College Spotlight, episode two of the College Spotlight, Brett Damro interview. Please go listen to that. The YouTube numbers on that are absolutely sensational. So please go ahead and watch that. Listen to it, whatever you want to do, if you haven't already. And I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Jordan Lorenz here with Drew Skyberg. I mean, we might have some new listeners. You never know. So I always got to get that out of the way. And now to get the housekeeping out, once again, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram. We are sitting pretty at 214, I believe. We're at 214. Yep. 214 on the dot. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. 62 posts. That's incredible. We're posting every other day on that thing. I mean, fantasy previews, Packer predictions challenge, Jordan's bold predictions, all the episodes getting posted on there with beautiful pictures. I mean, you get a lot of good visuals on this Instagram looking through it right now as we speak. But yeah, a lot of stuff happening on the Instagram. And oh, I just clicked on a shirt and Drew, you were a busy boy this weekend. I was. Saturday was a great day. I'm actually back in town for the first time in over six weeks. So I was able to spend uh, my day just giving back to our fans, visiting, asking what's up, seeing how everything's going and just delivering shirts. And I was able to get some pictures with the fans. So you might've saw on our Instagram, I was delivering shirts Saturday and just a great thing to do. And just really happy. I was able to give back, you know? Yeah. Finally, right. After all this time and now finally being back and just Getting done, getting them all hammered out at once. I still have a few to give out yet, but hey, it's a it's a slow process. All right. It is a lot harder. Devin Argle, get your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Devin will be getting his shirt and his sticker very, very soon. Don't you worry about that, Devin. So I guess our Facebook, we should shout out Jordan Drew the Sports Career. We had a huge numbers from that volleyball episode. Teams sharing it. I mean, people sharing it left and right. We can't thank you guys enough for that. YouTube, as I said before, Jordan Drew the Sports Career on there didn't grab any new subscribers. However, we still got a lot of views on that episode. So subscribers, not the end of the world, but we made the most of it. So here we are today, right? Shout out of the week, episode 31, our shout out is going to McKenna Plus, my my deepest apologies if I said that incorrect, and Hannah Dvorak, doubles team, Manitowoc Lincoln, earning a trip to WIAA State Tournament 
next week. I like playing tennis, but I can never get to state. This is huge. Yeah. Congratulations to to the two girls who did that. And just repping Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln in sports this past year has been, it's been an impressive run. I, I think, I mean, we talked about the sports with volleyball. We talked about now the football team and now we see them. We saw the baseball team make a run. Just things is look, things are looking really great for the Lincoln ships right now in the athletics. Yeah. Their volleyball team is doing really good this year too, as well. So hopefully they make another deep run. I don't really know, but we can only hope for the best. It is now time for a loaded stats of the week. I've got nine of them here and we're going to fly through these. Just two pitchers in MLB history have finished a season with an ERA under 2.5, a walks per nine under two and a strikeout per nine greater than 12. Pedro Martinez in 1999 and Corbin Burns in 2021. We'll be talking all about Cy Burns in game one as we got there. Baseball, a little down though. Major League Baseball drew 45.3 million fans this year, down from 68.5 million in 2019. So the return year with fans hasn't gone over so well. Less than 20, 23 million less fans. And you got to take into account the first few months we weren't seeing full capacity crowds. For example, the Milwaukee Brewers, American Family Field opening day was very limited. They started having full capacity June 25th. So taking that into perspective, I can't really judge this year based on the attendance. Um, MLB TV though, I don't know if you have a, I don't know if we have a stat on that. They had one of their best years ever in terms of watch time and just like hours engaged. So things, I think it's looking good for baseball. I'm not worried. Yeah. I hate MLB TV, the blackout rule, dumbest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. You know how many more people would subscribe to their service if I could actually watch the Brewers or Iowa. Iowa is in the blackout, like their blackout restrictions. They're restricted from every Midwest team because they don't have a team. It gets that bad. It's really bad. I mean, you're talking like what, four or five teams there. That's terrible. I don't feel bad for you. Iowans who don't have a professional team at all. Shoeless Joe Jackson, a photograph. So not even a card, a photograph from 1911 sells for $1.47 million, the most ever for a signed sports photograph, LeBron James. He now has more combined Instagram followers, or I should say more Instagram followers than the NBA, NFL, and MLB combined. LeBron has 100 million, NBA has 60, 21.7 for the NFL, and 7.9 for the MLB. Are you subs, subs, oh my goodness, S- surprised? There we go. I couldn't figure out the word. Oh. Surprised with MLB 7.9 million, NBA 60 million. That's a huge gap. I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I noticed a lot with NBA. I mean, a lot like social media, they're, they're big on the social media. Like they post a lot, they post a lot of good things. 10,000 more posts than MLB. Yeah. And I, that part of it plays to an account because I, I don't think MLB has had an Instagram as long as NBA has. Probably not. And plus like the amount of posts, they don't post that much is, is, is NBA or which one's the least posted MLB. thing. Yeah. MLB is the least posted and they have the least amount of followers. Like 6,000. So it's kind of yeah. goes hand in hand, right? Next NFL. Speaking of them, we're going to move on to some football here. Games are averaging 17.3 million viewers on television and digital, a 17% increase. So that is very good to see for the world of football. Now moving down to college, October 7th, 1916. So it wasn't quite an on this day, but it happened in the week. And I figured we need to put this in the stat of the week. Georgia Tech, college football defeats Cumberland 
222 to zero. Now listen to this. Cumberland, negative 42 rushing yards. So I don't know if there's a lot of sacks in there. Passing two of 18, 14 yards, six interceptions, 15 total turnovers from Cumberland for Georgia Tech. 978 rushing yards. Brett Prangy has over a thousand in like seven games. Georgia Tech put up 978 in this one. Didn't throw a single pass. Didn't turn the ball over once and had 32 rushing touchdowns. What happened here? Well, I think they just ran it down their throats. Jordan, and we know ESPN. ESPN posted that same on this day thing. They posted it for the last I don't even know how many years I see that every year, every year, every year to come this time. And it's always, it always just opens your eyes. And I never actually looked at how they scored the points or how, and how many yards they had and just like what happened. So I didn't know it was 32 rushing touchdowns. It makes sense, but yeah, good, good one for Georgia tech. Good one. You can never live that one down. If you're Cumberland, I don't even know if they're still a school probably, but next, here we go. Moving on. New York's championship drought. This sucks. I mean, New York's got a lot of teams. I'm looking in this picture. Islanders, Jets, Knicks, Mets, Yankees, Rangers, Nets. And then who's in the back? Giants and who's the other one? I can't even tell. But it will be more than a decade between titles for New York sports teams in the NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Last team doing was the Giants in 2012. New York teams just not doing well. I mean, they got a lot of them, but they're not doing anything. Yeah, they, they should be doing it like us. Oh, yeah. Us small, small market teams. And we look at these teams and they complain that they haven't they haven't won anything in oh, 10 years. Oh, well, I mean, the Jets are just terrible. There's yeah, nothing you can do there. But then you got the Nets. Um, yeah. And even just like having that many teams. I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. Like we got with the teams we have. I mean, we haven't had something since 2010. And yeah. it's like, I mean, well, other than the Bucks, of course, but like. Just putting into perspective that time drought, just that felt like. Yeah, and we don't we don't have the money or super teams yeah. to do so, so it's kind of crazy. Back to baseball to round things off. Nelson Cruz, 41 years old, 90 day, 98 days at the time. Second oldest player to home run in a postseason game on a ball that didn't leave a park. So I really didn't research that, but did you see this at all? I didn't. I didn't look at yeah, the... No. I, well, I don't think it was an inside, was it inside the park home run. Oh, I mean, if it didn't leave the park, it says on a ball that didn't leave the park, but it doesn't say it's an inside the park home run either. I think it cleared the fence. I think it like probably it must have hit off someone. Could have maybe a hat or something. I don't know, but yeah, that's it was very odd. So I decided to screenshot it. And how about stealing home? You saw this. I did see this, and of course, who else but Randy Arozarena? The the dude hit a home run in game one. He's been. Just compost season time. I mean, he was a rookie during this regular season, which might might surprise a lot of people based on how he played last year. But he's he really shows up in the postseason. He had a pretty good regular season. Like it was good, but it's he goes from good to great come October, which we haven't seen something like this in a long time. So I'm I, I'm really enjoying watching this this kid play. First player in MLB history to homer and steal home in the same game. I mean, it was a true steal home too. Like this dude. It was insane. Go watch it if you haven't already. So that wraps up our stats. A lot of them, as I said, I mean, on the way here, I didn't even know how many stats I had. And I was looking and I was like, oh, my goodness. So moving on the date today, October 11th, 2021, 10, 11, 21 on this day in history, on this day in 1906, 
White Sox, Ed Walsh strikes out then record 12 in a World Series game. So getting ready for the World Series, he strikes out 12 in that one. Our boy Ty Cobb, here he is again on the stay 1911. Ty Cobb and Frank Schultz are the inaugural MLB MVPs. And I believe that was in a trivia a while ago. I asked the year or something like that. So I just thought it was fitting the prize, a car. So I really couldn't complain if I were an MLB MVP in 1911, a new car. Sure. On this day, 1925, the aforementioned New York Giants play their first NFL game, lose to Providence 14 to zero. Odd loss there. On this day, 1943, almost 20 years later, the Yankees beat the Cardinals four games to one in the 40th World Series. First team to win 10 World Series. So the Yankees won 10 of the first 40. Thankfully, we don't have to see them in this postseason. On this day in 1980, the Dallas Mavericks opened their debut NBA season 103-92 victory against interstate rival San Antonio Spurs at the Reunion Arena. It's not called that anymore. On this day in 1981, Yankees beat the Brewers 7-3 and win the only Eastern Championship Series. Do you know what that is? What year was this? 1981? 81. Eastern Championship Series. So what happened was it was, I think they used to do it like that where it was like the Eastern. Well, they, they did like the Eastern and the Western. Like they, there was no Central back then. Mm-hmm. So they must have had a championship in the AL East. Maybe there was like a, a tiebreaker or something in that year. Could be, I don't know. Because the Brewers, that was the first year they made the playoffs in their franchise history. So they still made the playoffs, but maybe that made like the Yankees like I don't, I don't know what happened. Well, it also says win only Eastern Championships. So I don't know if that's the Yankees only or the only Eastern Championship Series. So I don't I don't really know. We're, well, we'd have to do a little more research on that one. Last one, on the stay in 1997, Dennis Rodman, for those of you who watched The Last Dance, he returns from a second longest NBA suspension, which was 11 games at the time. We're seeing suspensions a little longer than that nowadays, and especially in baseball. Those are huge, but... That's all we got. So things have been wrapped up for our stats of the week for on this day. We got a lot of high school sports to talk about this week. Just trying to look up this Eastern thing. And did you find it? Yeah, it was it was a tiebreaker kind of thing. Like what we thought. Yeah. And Brewers managed to lose it. And the Yankees actually went on to win the 1981 World Series is what happened because they went on to sweep. Yeah, because they beat it was a divisional playoff. It was like a one game playoff to so show who was the wild card. yeah to who wins the east and then they swept the oakland a's in the american league championship series made the world series they won the world series hey, good for them they got the rub from the brewers and there they are so let's talk high school football we starting with ewc is that what you want to do let's go game schedule click on it for me we're gonna see the one that surprised us the most valders beats keel 20 to 14. Sadly, we don't have stats for any of these games so far that are up. I mean, the night just passed. It's 1032 at night when we're recording. No stats at all for these teams. Coaches just put the scores in. It's all they really care about. Zeros all around. 20 to 14 win for Valders over Keel and Drew wants the mic. I, I just want the mic. I'm taking the mic here. I talked about this last week. I said this Valders team. I said it's senior night. I said if they can stop the run, they can go out with a victory. And you know what they did? They stopped the run. They they did their job. They what happened? I wasn't at the game. We were at the NLDS game one, but I, I got some updates from some guys and I, I heard some good stuff. They had some really great, great returns. Elias Sparks play, had a phenomenal game. And just the end of the drive, there's a late game drive for Keel to try to either tie the game or maybe even win it here. And they got an interception. I believe it was 
I, I might have even been sparks again with the interception. I'm not sure, but big that was a big win for Valors on senior night. And yeah, I, I'm just I'm impressed with this team. They they had to stop Schmitz and Meyer, and they they did the job. They did their job, is what I heard. And I mean, they only allowed 14 points to this Keel team, and that's this is a big win for Valders just as a team, just to develop. I mean, this is a younger team as well. And like this Keel team, I mean, they're they're two and four in conference, I believe. And their schedule, like the, this this Keel team, they beat New Holstein 20 to nothing. And this what's interesting is Valders played a Keel or played New Holstein for homecoming. And it just was not not so great of a game, but um Valders was able to get the job done tonight. And I'm just hats off to those boys. Really proud of them. And I'll be there next week for the battle of 151. Hopefully they can get that job that job done too. But yeah, I'm really excited about this Valors team, Jordan. And you better be too. You never know what can happen next week or this coming week, we should say. But yeah, Keel, I just looked, their average is down to under 20 points per game, which is crazy because coming into this year, we thought they were like right around that third mark in the conference, huh? And now here they are. Yeah. Um Robert and I, even if you go back to our preseason episode, we were we were pretty high in this Kiel team. And the reason being was with Schmitz and Meyer, they just had a really nice run game. They had it's Kiel, they have that culture at Kiel. They're they're really great team fundamentally, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. And they I I heard they made some mistakes tonight. I didn't I didn't hear what yeah, it all was. I, yeah. Yeah, but there's been some other mistakes and just um they they're known for they want to run the ball outside. They're gonna they're gonna pull guards. It's it's something New Holstein likes to do as well. And I mean, we say it if, if Valders can't stop the run, they're not gonna win the game. But they they stopped the run. They they allowed only fourteen points. And if they only allow fourteen points, they got the win. They got they put up the twenty. They put up the twenty to do it. So unreal win for Valders. Brilliant beats Chilton thirty four seven. Kind of a blowout as we would have expected there. Another blowout here. KLC 44-7 over New Holstein. Knew that was coming. TR 52-0 over on Kali. Thought it would have been more than that, but a big TR win. I mean, Chase Mathias, I'm sure he had 350 yards and six touchdowns or something in that game. I really don't know, but yeah, it's just this conference right now is so interesting. It's a blowout all around. And next week, coming up this week, I should say, I keep saying next week, this week, this Friday night, hit that game schedule button for me and let's move to October, yes, October 15th. Click on it. Four huge games. Look at this. Brilliant. At Kohler Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Sheboygan Luther Christian. Brilliant at KLC. This is for the conference. It, it is. I mean, whoever wins this game wins the conference. KLC is trying to go undefeated. And this would be, they haven't, like, I, they haven't gone on, they haven't won conference before. And it's, I mean, it's a co-op team. It's fairly new team, but like even the other schools, we talked to Robbie Michael about it, Robert and I did, and they haven't, they haven't won conference as a school yet ever in their history. I believe it was Sheboygan Lutheran. I believe they haven't, or one of the schools hasn't won it. And it's just, they got to get the job done Friday. They, they know what they got to get done and it's going to be a good game. Brilliant. Brilliant. We know last year, Robbie Michael was out, I believe. And Brilliant took it to them at Brilliant. It was a Saturday game. It was a blowout. Brilliant just, they steamrolled them. And now KLC's coming in hungry. So we'll see what happens here. Then this one's at Kohler. So this is definitely the game of the week. I don't know. It's not even close. There's not even a competition at all for it. And we know KLC's defense is their weak point. But they've been improving. KLC's been doing a little bit better. Let's see how many points they've allowed per, I mean, this is a brilliant team who can pound the ball. 
And KLC right now is averaging 43.9 a game. That's for them. And looking at their schedule right here, so they allowed 13, 6, pair of goose eggs, 25 to TR, 28 to Keel, which is crazy because Keel just put up 14 against Valders, 14 against Chilton, and 7 to New Holstein. So dominating the teams they should. And ah, Brilliant, this is going to be tough. Let's look at Brilliant here, real kick, and, and what they've done in their 7 and 1 season because there's no denying that this is. The game of the year, Berlin lost to Hilbert, 14 to nothing. Hilbert is a team that is seven and one in D7. So, I mean, they're very far down, but Hilbert's only loss on the year was against Reedsville. So that's interesting. And we'll talk about Reedsville here in a minute and their surprising loss from from this past Friday. But no doubt about it, Brilliant KLC going to be a huge game. Robbie Michael going to put the team on his back, see if he can do it. When this team, it's a big, big revenge game for KLC if they can be brilliant here. Valders is at Chilton. We talked about it. You'll be at this game. Valders coming in hot. Got a lot of momentum. Chilton, I mean, what have they really done this year? Well, yeah, this Chilton team, I took the mic again from Jordan because I got a lot to say here as well. Battle Highway 151 doesn't get any better than this. Going to Chilton. And this Chilton team is certainly beatable. Like you said, Valders coming off a very impressive win against Keel. I think this should be a part of your bold predictions next week. I don't want to don't want to spoil anything, but I'm just saying I like Valors in this matchup. One thing Chilton likes to do, they like to run a lot of trick plays, Jordan. They like to they like to surprise you with a little pass, maybe um maybe run a, like a little halfback option pass, kind of like what Valors runs. But they they like to run some trick plays is my point. And I, I if they if Valors can just stop those trick plays because those trick plays could go for Though they go for touchdowns. They can go for all or no. Which, well, yeah, games in the game last year, they they ran two of them. They got they got some long touchdowns off of it, and it was it's frustrating to see. And if, if they can stop that, of course, I say it every week. I mean, it, in, in the EWC, they like to run the ball here. It's a run-heavy run conference. We've we've talked about it, even even with Robbie Michael running the ball. But yeah. like, if you want to win in this conference, you got to be able to stop the run. And if you and if you can't really stop the run, you got to be able to. Score put up a lot of points. So like KLC can do, they can stop the run pretty well, but they also can put up a lot of points. So I think, yeah, I, I want Valors to win this game. I hope they win this game. I'll be rooting for Valors to win this game. So a little bias, but it's all right. No big deal. Really not on a, on, uh, I love my Lincoln ships Unupdated stats here, but Robbie Michael was right at about 1500 passing yards. And the next closest was 800. And I mean, 800 yards in eight games. It's like a hundred a game, which is still kind of a lot. But still, really not that much yet. It's the touchdown to interception ratio is honestly one of the funniest things. Robbie Michael, 27 and four. Then you got seven and nine, two and one, which is fine. Six and six. I mean, you don't want to be even. There's two sixes and two six and sixes, one, four and three. So kind of all over the place, but other games to round things out. Keel at Ron Colley. I mean, bold prediction Ron Colley win. Keel's not doing anything. No, I think I think Kiel, this is a good good game for them to win. Finish or win win another game in conference. Um yeah, I, I think Kiel wins this game. Yeah, Kiel should probably be Roncalli with ease. I mean, it'd be pretty sad if they don't. And then I like this matchup, New Holstein at Two Rivers. I think this is an interesting game and I I'm leaning towards Two Rivers. I, I you, with Chase Mathias, you, I think you got to go TR. But this week, we always talked about on the EWC this year. There's been a lot of blowout weeks, right? There there really has. And this is a lot of this game. This week, they saved the best for last in the EWC. So 
we, we thank the EWC commissioner and we thank the athletic directors for putting together a schedule like this for us because Do we know who the EWC commissioner is. I don't, I'm not sure who it is, but either. the point is they gave us a great week of football. So, I mean, if you can go get to one of these games, I'd get to one of these games. If, go to Kohler. Go, yeah, go to Kohler. I don't care where you are. Go to Kohler. If you don't want to go to Kohler, go to Chilton. I'll be at Chilton. But yeah. How far is Kohler? I've never been there. Kohler, it's it's from, I mean, from like Valder's area, 35, 40 minutes. Okay, it's a little bit. Not, around, not bad. Like not bad. Sheboygan area, basically. So if you're down at UW-Milwaukee or in the Milwaukee area, good hour. Yeah. A little far, but probably definitely going to be worth it for that game. Even if it's a blowout, you get to see the conference champions crowned. So speaking of blowouts, Manitowoc Lutheran, 49 to 20 win over random lake i mean we know random lake is not a good team but for lutheran to get two wins on the year one at the start of the year and that was the ron collie game which hey still a win is a win 38 26 there then they beat random lake 49 20 this team can put up the points when they want to but they're facing reedsville however that's a reedsville team coming off a 28 to 18 loss to cedar grove belgium that's an interesting loss for reedsville it really is, Jordan. This Reedsville team has been phenomenal the past few years. They've they're just a great program, and this is a this is a game I thought Cedar Grove Belgium would lose. I I, I really had Reedsville winning this game, and I thought like they with the conference now because that really um, ruffles up how the conference is looking. Because I believe now Cedar Grove Belgium Belgium has the tiebreaker over them. I'm not sure exactly, but one thing though. Um, Mantuak Lutheran, I want to comment about how they beat Random Lake, how you kind of said their reward for winning a game. They get to play Reedsville next week. What a, what a great reward. But it's been an interesting, um, I don't know, because they're in the Big East this year, and that is the Big East. I They used to do, like, the North and the South. They do that for ba- for basketball. But this year, I mean, or for football, they're able to just, like, put the Big East all in one. They put Michigan in the Packer land. They did some realignment a few years ago. It's kind of how Falls, Sheboygan Falls got out of the EWC. So that kind of moved around some teams and yeah. You want to talk about the big East? Yes. We're going to look at the standings here. I'm trying to figure this out. We've got, yes, but I want to see Hilbert with like with the tiebreaker Cedar Grove, Belgium, Hilbert and Reedsville are all at five and one Hilbert lost to Reedsville, but beat Cedar Grove, Belgium. So Hilbert has the tiebreaker. Hilbert. Would they have the tiebreaker here, Jordan? Um, they technically they lost to Reedsville. I and don't... Reedsville beat Cedar Grove, Belgium. Or Reedsville lost to Cedar Grove, Belgium. Hilbert lost to Reedsville, a team who lost to Cedar Grove, Belgium. But Hilbert beat Cedar Grove, Belgium. This is where it gets confusing. Do they take points scored as a kind? So. As a kind, I'm not sure how the WIA how they're supposed to do conference things. But we'll have to we'll report on this next week because we don't want to leave you guys hanging because this is one of the most intriguing conference football races. I've seen for high school in a long, I don't think I've ever seen it this close. This is, there's three teams right now competing for the conference title and they got one week left and you want to read the games. So Cedar Grove, Belgium is going to absolutely murder random Lake on the road. That game at random Lake. If Lutheran can beat random Lake, Cedar Grove, Belgium can beat random Lake. Hilbert is hosting Oostberg, Oostberg, a team who ran through the Lancers just a few weeks ago, but Hilbert gets the win there. And then Lutheran is at Reedsville, as we said. So Reedsville is going to get the win. So looking at the standings, they're all going to finish six and one. So I think, I think that Hilbert is going to have the tiebreaker. They also have the most points for it's very close. So 241 for them, 236 for Reedsville and 234 for Cedar Grove, Belgium. So it's very close and it's 
they're just going to have to pad the stats next week. Everyone is going to need a huge win, putting up a ton of points. Reesville only has 63 points against. I'm not sure how much they take that into consideration. Yeah, maybe if, because we see in baseball all the time, we see the run differential. We see like the, the plus minus. If they did that for, I hope that's kind of the tiebreaker. So it, it shouldn't just be points for. It shouldn't. I, I think they take both into account, but we're going to report on this. We're going to do some research and we'll let you guys know next week. Who wins this, the Big East crown? Because this is this is an entertaining race to end the year. This is so intriguing. And Ship's homecoming game was this past Saturday, two days ago. Unable to report on it at the time. Hopefully, if they did lose, it wasn't too bad of a loss on homecoming. So that's all we'll say there. Ships have had a tough last three weeks to their season. I'm all done with high school. Are we ready to move on to these Brewers? We're ready for some Brew Crew baseball. This was a game, right? Dual new hit, new hitters, dual no hitters through four innings. Bottom half of the fourth inning, Lorenzo Kane breaks it open, gets a base hit right in between the first and second baseman. Unable to do anything with it, though. I guess we should go back to the first inning. Corbin Burns is pitching, walks the first batter, and all of a sudden we end up with runners on the corners, no outs. Balls hit to Rowdy Telez. Stomps on the bag, gets the out, throws home to Narvaez, and they get the tag. This double play changed everything right off the gate. It really was a game-changing play, Jordan. And one thing, you got to hear the atmosphere. That's playoff baseball. When that double play happened, we had the 40,000-plus strong are waving the towels. And even before the game, it's just playoff baseball just has some atmosphere with it that you never get to see in a baseball game ever. And it's just, it's so great to be there and just have the, be involved in it. And that was, that was a big play. And we got to talk about what Rowdy Tellez did later in the game too. It was really the Rowdy game. It, it was all Rowdy Tellez. He gave, or he didn't gave, he, I guess he gave the Brewers their only two runs, but talk about Corbin Burns real quick, rough start pitch count was a little high. He got back with it only allowed two hits. So, I mean, really can't complain at all. Three walks, Compared to six strikeouts, so two to one ratio there, but still three walks is a little too high from what we expected. He just had a slow start in this game, went six scoreless innings, only allowed two hits. Great showing from Burns, and I'm assuming we won't see him pitch coming up in the rest of the series unless it goes to a game five. That was what I was thinking, Jordan, and there's also a scenario, I believe, in game four, we see him out of the bullpen, but don't quote me on that because we saw yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive because right Adrian Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Jordan and I, during the game, we, we were doing a lot of communication talking about like, like, what, what would we do if we were the manager here? And for the record, I said it, I literally called it at the start of the game. I said, Burns goes six. You have Ashby Boxberger hater at Burns went six. And we saw the name in the bullpen and we were very confused. You said we go Strickland, Boxberger hater, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I just like Ashby. Six inning afterwards, who do we see in the bullpen? We see Adrian Hauser warming up in the bullpen. And my Twitter, because I am I have a lot of Twitter notifications on for some Brewer pages. It was going wild. It was, we got Adrian Hauser in the bullpen. I was thinking we see a scenario where we, we maybe see him out of the bullpen late in game three, or we see him game four and kind of like a piggyback start with Lauer split start, yeah. split start kind of deal. And after I saw this, I know what Craig Collins is going to do. He's going to use Hauser and, La- and Lauer there. He's going to use them based on matchups. And I really like how he used Hauser. They had a lineup set up. I mean, Corbin Burns did a phenomenal job with limiting the hard contact, just getting, Weak contact. That's really what he did. And then there's one to deep center, and that was it. Yeah, that's oh well. And then Hauser comes in. Hauser faces three righties, and it's just such a great matchup for him because 
He's so effective against right-handed hitters with his with the sinker and just eight pitches he got under the first and, inning. Yep, an eight-pitch seventh for Adrian Hauser got a standing ovation. I mean, rightfully so. And then next inning, first two guys are right-handed hitters, and I'm like, perfect, let's let them ride. And then we saw we saw Ashby warmed up, and you were and Peralta, both Ashby and Peralta were going at it in the bullpen, and it made perfect sense. There's two outs. Gets both outs, got him rather quickly again. Craig Council is going to bring in Aaron Ashby. There is the three-hitter rule. However, would have ended the inning. Ashby would have just had the one-hitter. Perfect matchup. Craig Council kind of chickened out. He didn't do it. So Ashby sat back down. We never got to see Freddie Peralta, who is also one that blew up your phone. Freddie Peralta coming out of the bullpen. And I think we're going to see him do it on Saturday. It's very, very likely to see that. But Hauser goes that extra batter. And gives up a solo shot. So it's 2-1. Rowdy Tellez hit a two-run bomb in the bottom of the seventh. Here we are in the top of the eighth. Hauser gives up a shot, gets the next out. We're good to go. Brewers don't do anything. We're sitting five hits for the Brewers, three hits for the Braves. Coming into the ninth inning, Josh Hader checks into this game, goes over to the scores table, says, put me in, coach. Gets in. Huge ovation for Josh Hader. He had a video playing on the screen. The lights went dim. It was just, and he's, he, he had a rough start. There's no other way to put it. Seven pitch at bats. I mean, three, two full counts. Hater had a walk, which he never does. He had a strikeout, which he usually always does. Gave up a hit. I was getting worried because we had runners on the corners. And who comes into the game? Orlando Arcia. My boy, Orlando Arcia. Man, we traded at the very start of the year. Comes in to play the matchup with the lefty Josh Hader. This is huge at bat. Hader gets the job done. That was his strikeout as he strikes out Arcia. Brewers win two to one. It got a little scary and a little too close for comfort. And I'm sorry, but deep down, I was kind of rooting for Arcia to play the spoiler here. But he didn't. I love Arcia. He's my boy. But Brewers get the job done. What a game. It really was, Jordan. And yeah, it was a grounder to second base. He had to end the game. It was a oh, yeah, right. it was a strikeout then on that bat prior. But um, I was questioning. I, I just want to mention that at the, the prior at bat because there was a play. Omar Narvaez almost sent this Brewers team at home. Oh, not happy. He made one of the most – he had some questionable defensive plays this game. In the first inning, there was a pass ball that goes by him. He walks to it, allows the runner to go from second on a walk all the way to third because he was just lazy. Yeah, he. I don't know what was going on there. It was not a smart move, but he had an easy out at first um, and on a, a, on a weekly hit ground ball, and that was hit like right, like right in front of home plate, and he went to second here, and it was like – and it, it was not the right, it was not the right baseball play. Screen, no. I and like, no. I was, I was like, sh- like making, I was like, no, no, no. Like waving him off. Like, please don't do that. Even though I'm, I was in the terrace reserved, but um, he did it. And he, it was bang, bang play. He somehow got him. And I was just relieved because that was, I've seen that play get botched so many times, either goes over the second baseman's head, bad throw, into center field, they tie the game, maybe even take the lead. It's just scary stuff like that always happens, but it didn't. And Brewers walked away with the dub here, two to one. And one other thing I wanted to mention was Jordan and I, we predicted almost every pinch hitter that was coming up. I especially, yeah. I, I especially, I was on it. I, I said, Jack, they're going to bring Jack Peterson in here against Hauser. And if they keep Hauser in, this could be bad. They did. He had a home run, but we, I predicted uh, Jace Peterson was the one coming up. 
he would have predicted RCA coming, you know. Yeah, and I, 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 I actually kind of predicted that one, Jordan. Well, you didn't say it. So it I, I did say it. Did you really? I didn't hear it. I did. Doesn't count. Nope. Anyways, um, good win for the Brewers here. Game two, which happened Saturday, we'll see Max Freed versus Brandon Woodruff, and like we said, we predict Freddie Peralta pitching out in that game, and then game three Monday. Today. At, yep, today at in Atlanta. Is it one oh seven start? It's some like wacky that? start time. It'll, it'll we like, get like one oh seven for game three, and then I think four, or it's four oh seven, and then one oh seven maybe. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. And they haven't announced the starters yet, but I can imagine something. We get a Peralta game three. We, we might even see like Lauer pitch like two innings to start. And then we just, I really like what, what Craig Council is doing. He he is doing what Mike Boonholzer should have done in the playoffs in years back where he like, he lets his players go a little like, like for example, just bringing in, in this analogy, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you got these two guys only playing 40 minutes in a 48 minute playoff game while the, the other team, their stars are playing full games. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you you gotta be you gotta be playing your guys as much as they're playing them. And he finally did that this year, and they went over the hump, which was great to see. And I, I just, I think Craig Council's starting to do that. Like he's he's pitching guys, he's he's making these guys work. I mean, where we saw Hauser coming out of a relief situation, which just I, I was a big fan to see that. And hoping he's doing he does the same in the rest of the series. But we gotta talk about the rest of these postseason games, Jordan. So I'm gonna hand it up back off to you. Yes. Yeah, so last thing I was going to say on the Brewers, if it would be interesting, though, because I don't expect for Peralta to play on Saturday, because if he does, he wouldn't start today. So I don't know. I don't think we see Peralta out of the bullpen, probably a Lauer, maybe, which would be interesting. No Brett Suter because they know bleak strain, I believe, which kind of sucks. I love that boy, but he has a love hate relationship with the Brewers fan base. Games that happened so far. Astros lead the White Sox two games to none. I said the White Sox were going to the World Series. Thankfully, I, I was going to post a bracket on Instagram, like my guesses. Thankfully, I didn't do that because my World Series team will likely be out a 9-4 win in game two for the Astros. The Red Sox put up 14 runs against the 100-win Braves. So that is a huge, huge accomplishment for the Red Sox. Maybe it was a one-night wonder, but they did it on 20 hits. 14-6 to win on 20 hits for the Red Sox. So they had players, Kike Hernandez, five hits in this game. J.D. Martinez with four. Ferdugo and Bogarts and Vasquez all with three. I mean, you want to talk about huge games for this Red Sox, Red Sox team. Obviously, I didn't expect them to beat the Rays the series, but... Huge win for them there. And as we're recording, Giants are up on the Dodgers 3-0. to zero. So I think we're still riding the same thing here. But now we have to switch because Astros are beating the White Sox. Rays are still beating the Red Sox. And then Giants over Dodgers and then Brewers Giants. Yeah, Jordan. Um, I can't see the I, White Sox. Coming. You got to keep mine. Hey, it's only. Yeah, these series aren't ain't over yet, Jordan. I, we've seen some comebacks before. They're, they're just not over. And I think. I think we can still see the Dodgers come back here. I think even the White Sox coming back to Chicago. I don't, I, it's certainly possible that they could come back and win this series. So we, we've seen comebacks down to, oh, it's happened before. So I'm not going to rule these teams out yet, but if it comes to that, yeah, I think we see, right. Based on what we're looking at right now, it looks like it would be kind of like Brewers Giants and it would be either Rays, Rays Astros, a rematch of last year or Red Sox Astros, which both those would be entertaining. And I really hope the Brewers, for our sake, they face the Giants. I'd rather face that Giants and that stack Brewers or that stack Dodgers team, as we know. 
about Red Sox, White Sox, huh? You never know. White Sox come back, battle of the Sox. I was looking. Dodgers have five hits in this game against the Giants here. Mookie Betts with two, Smith with two, and then one for Seager. So they only have three guys with the five hits, which isn't the best, but you're going to have off nights for sure. Just not a whole lot of room for that. And yeah, Logan Webb, what a gem for him. I love Logan Webb. I just, I, I've seen so many great starts out of him. Like he is one of my probably favorite pitchers to watch in the big leagues right now. He's so effective. He's, he reminds me of kind of, I might, I'm going to say it like, he reminds me of Corbin Burns. He, he just, he is a Corbin Burns that is not really, that is not as heard of right now. Like he's pitching seven and two thirds, 10 strikeouts, no earn runs in his start. And he's just, he really developed as an ace for a team that had guys like Anthony DiSclefani and Kevin Gausman, who have been, who are the main guys who we ta- all talked about this start of the year. He's developed as really that top guy. Yeah, can't say any bad things about him. That's for sure. Struck with Penn Dodgers in this game one. Maybe a little more as well. Any other baseball talk you want? Are we going to end this on a fun note? Let's end it on a fun note here, Jordan. Okay, so we no trivia this week. We don't have the proper equipment. I don't have the trivia here, but I'm going to kind of brag about one of my fantasy teams a little bit. And I'm just going to tell you how stacked this is, right? So in my big league, the this is the money league, guys. I'm 4-0 currently, only undefeated team. This is my squad I'm representing right now. Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Derrick Henry as my RB1, Derrick, is his first name, DeAndre, why would I say Derrick Swift? DeAndre Swift is my RB2, Cooper Cup as my wide receiver, Debo Samuel at wide receiver, Dawson Knox, I just picked him up, I used to have Tunyon, picked up Knox off the waivers, this week I also picked up Hunter Renfro, which is a great matchup against the Bears, Justin Jefferson I have, Justin Tucker, and then the Patriots D, who I just picked up, Tannehill on the bench, Connor on the bench, Gordon on the bench, Kirk and Ridley all on the bench. I mean, this thing's stacked. $50. And how many teams? 10. Who who drafted the other teams, Jordan? Were, were these auto-drafted? What, what's going on here? I, I'm shocked that you were – I mean, credit to you for drafting because you you got a really nice team for a 10-team, $50 league, to say the least. and. Hopefully you can bring that money home and maybe split some winnings with your co-host. I don't know about that, but the guy I faced this week, he has a doubtful player on his bench. One player who averages or is supposed to get under four, two are supposed to get under nine, and he has a player out in his starting lineup. So I don't understand what he's doing, but as for the pod league, I mean, we'll talk in depth about it coming up this week if we do indeed have our fantasy episode, but my team's just bad i mean there's really no other way to put it i'm one in three Derek carr mike davis mckissick robinson lockett cook chenault who i just traded in a trade with zach that a lot of people hated butker and the browns defense baker mayfield was my qb1 but i benched him i put Derek carr in against the bears this week drew i mean how's your squad looking let me pull it up right now i mean we're both one and three it's just this devin's three and one can't believe i'm saying it you got herbert edmonds jt Jones, Jefferson, Tunyon, Woods, who put up 27. Woods is finally finding himself now that Cup took a little of a backseat. Full, Raiders D, two Joneses on the bench. Shepard, might want to get rid of him. Higby put up 9.4, not bad in a loss, but yet we're just struggling. Yeah, it's 16-team league, and just things haven't gone my way yet this year. I'm just waiting to just kind of catch some, catch fire. I have, like, Justin Jefferson. Robert Woods put up a lot, 27, you said, and I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that will kind of uh, guide me to a victory this week. Maybe go two and three. Hopefully you never know. I thought my sleeper team for my dynasty league was stacked, but 
they're really not anymore. I had Dak Prescott as my quarterback last year, got hurt, kind of screwed me for the whole season. A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, and Debo Samuel as my wide receivers. But I'm one in three in this league. I picked up Damian Williams for the week with um, Montgomery out for the Bears. I thought this would be a good pickup. I got Chase Edmonds as well. Kenyon Drake. I had them both last year on the Cardinals, and now they're actually doing some decent work. Picked up Max Williams, tight end of the Cardinals. Interesting pickup, but he's averaging some high points. I actually started Randall Cobb this week. He had a huge game last week. I figure MVS is still out. Bengals D is good. Just depends if they're trying to lock down Adams. Cobb will be right there. Carlson is the kicker. And I know the Buccaneers defense, but two of the big ones, I'm keeping Cam Newton and Todd Gurley on my bench. I'm holding out. I mean, these are deep benches. Like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 12 bench players you've got four spots on ir and a three-player taxi squad so these are deep rosters i'm holding out i'm keeping them there i don't think they're going to do anything anytime soon but zach wilson i drafted him in the expansion draft whatever you want to call it he's been doing all right but not great by any stretch of the imagination hopefully jets won two games in a row hopefully they beat the falcons but yeah no trivia this week ending it on a little fantasy note what else you got yeah, I was, that's all we kind of got. I'll be at game two. Um, that happened Saturday, so I'll be cheering on the Brew Crew. Hopefully they get the job done. In Atlanta, how about we just get the sweep done? I believe I would win. Would I win the predictions thing, or you have to win on the – No, you have to get it right. You I have to get – I predicted four, you predicted five. So, yeah, um, I'd, I'd be cool winning in three games, though, moving on to the NLCS. But that's all I got. Like Jordan said, next week, expect hopefully a fantasy football episode coming your way Wednesday. And then Friday, expect a special as well. well. We'll wait and see. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully. We get, that's, all we, that's all I got. Yeah. If not, just some false promises. That's all. So Drew Skyberg, Jordan Lenz, wrapping things up here. You can follow him on all the usuals at Drew Skyberg. You can follow me on all the usuals. Uh, well, I can't even say that because it's Jordan Lenz on Instagram and Jordan law underscore pxp on twitter i don't i almost forgot my own twitter handle it's late but instagram jordan drew underscore sports crew facebook jordan drew the sports crew youtube jordan drew the sports crew follow us leave us a five-star review on apple podcast we haven't had a new review in such a long time we're stuck at a number and i just i just want a new review guys so someone please give me a review we're at 27 we haven't had a written review since august 18th it's months away i mean you guys are really slack and we got a good chunk of written reviews that's all we can really ask for. The more, the merrier. And thank you guys for listening. We're sorry about trivia. We hope the audio sounded good. I mean, I think it's going to sound amazing. First time recording this live, but hey, you never know. Could have had a hiccup or two. So that is all. Thank you so much for listening to episode 31 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.